Good morning. It's DJ and PK. It's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. Where do I start? What a weekend. <laughs> Waking up Sunday to the news that Rudy Gobert got his Christmas gift early. Five years, $205 million. Expected to have, you know, a year at the end that's an option year, which is what Donovan Mitchell had, which is kind of routine because what happens is these guys really want to control when they hit the market. They want to make sure they hit the market coming off a big year. And they certainly don't want to hit, a, hit the market coming off an injury. So this gives them, you know, two different choices on when to hit the market. So I wouldn't freak out too much over that. I know some of you already have and some of you did over Donovan, but it's really pretty standard. Uh, NBA players are going to want an option year at the end. Uh, Now, some of you, and I I heard from college friends in California, that's way too much money for Rudy Gobert. He's not worth it. We'll get into this later this morning, but what is worth it mean? You know, is the team going to make more money off him than they're going to pay him? In that sense, he's definitely worth it. They're going to sell luxury suites. They're going to sell season tickets. They're going to sell corporate sponsorships and TV time and jerseys. Uh, They are food. Uh, They are definitely going to make that money back. Now, is he worth it in terms of, hey, uh, are we going to be able to put enough good players around and win a championship? That's an excellent question, but it's not one the Jazz get to debate right now. Kevin O'Connor said it a long time ago. It hasn't changed. you you got to overpay to keep the best players. You just do, especially in small markets. I mean, the list of very good players who've left small markets for bigger cities and brighter lights is a very long list. I mean, start with the best player in the game, LeBron James. And he left Cleveland twice, once for Miami and once for L.A. Warm weather, bigger markets. That's, you know, that's, that's just the way it works. Kevin Durant left Oklahoma City for Golden State. Anthony Davis just leveraged his way out of New Orleans. Uh, Gordon Hayward left Utah. Uh, Carlos Boozer left Utah. Carmelo Anthony left Denver. I mean, we can just go on and on with this game. It just goes on and on. So you got to overpay. You got to overpay to keep them. And, you know, I think that uh, one thing that's really important going forward, because the Jazz have got a pretty good collection of players, shooters around these guys, you know, what really usually determines championships here is how good are your stars? You know, LeBron has been the best player in the game for a decade, and he's in the finals every year. He doesn't always win the championship. But he's in the finals every year. And the one time he misses is because he's hurt. The guys around him weren't the reason they were getting the finals. It was LeBron. So how good are your stars? As Stockton and Malone got better, the Jazz went deeper into the playoffs. It's, it's really pretty simple. You know, you got to, your stars, if you have one of the 15 best players in the game, that's great. But if your best player is the 15th best player in the game, you probably go out in the first round. If not, you're going out in the second. You know, if you have the fifth player in the game and the best five players are on five different teams, which, you know, depending on where you rank Anthony Davis, obviously he's with LeBron. But the five best players on five different teams, one of them has to go out in the second round. Stars got to produce, you know, they have got to come up big. So how good can Donovan Mitchell get? How good can Rudy Gobert get? That's the big question for the Jazz. It's not the only cool thing that happened this weekend. We got to talk to the owner, Ryan Smith, for the first time. Obviously, he knew the deal was very close to done or almost done at that point, but he couldn't say anything. 
But he did say a lot of interesting things about uh, buying the team, running the team, where he's going to be. Funny, funny anecdotes, you know, how long he'd had a relationship with these guys. Because everybody in the media has seen him around the team. That's that's not a big shock. And he said when well, he got to know Quinn, because Quinn basically trips over his feet, because he would sit next to Greg Miller, and that's where right where Quinn paces when he's hollering and screaming directions at the team and, you know, trying to be heard at the other end of the floor over the crowd. So uh, there, there was some stuff there. We'll get to that as the morning goes along. Obviously, the NFL playoffs are coming into focus, and we will get to that as we go along. Great win for the Chiefs to beat the Saints. That was a great win. Don't know that Drew Brees should have been playing. Didn't look 100% to me, but he's the man he wanted to play, so he played. But, uh, you know, his 44% of his passes were complete. He just wasn't ready. It's just... But he's he, he he's he's Drew Brees and he wanted to play, so there you go. He plays. Uh, and then the college football, the Utes, man, when they turn it on, they are excellent. So the question is, how do they get to turn it on like that all the time? That's two weeks in a row that in the second half they got focused and they played a much better game. Defensively, came up with four turnovers and the score, four and a score in the second half. Drew Lisk, a quarterback. The Utes don't need a great quarterback. They just need to not turn the ball over, which... To be fair, the quarterback wasn't the only guy struggling in the first half. I mean, there were penalties all over the field, and there were two fumbles by two players who were not the quarterback. So there was a lot of stuff that came into focus. they they got to play like that all the time. Now, they've also got all these quarterbacks transferring in. Two freshmen and a senior. Uh, Cam Rising is now dueling a senior, right? A guy who's thrown for 9,700 yards at Baylor and run for a gazillion touchdowns. and. Uh, you know, the quarterback room got a lot deeper yesterday. So we'll get to all of that coming up as well. Uh, coming up next, we will listen to the Utes, Kyle Whittingham and Ty Jordan after the come from behind win. We're going to hear from Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell on Rudy's contract coming up after that. Stay with us. Take the zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of the zone as well as podcast editions of every show. From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo. Wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. Good morning, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 and 1280, The Zone. Well, 21 to 10 wasn't a challenge at Colorado. They scored 28 points and one going away. So, the Utes dug themselves a bigger hole, 28-7 to at the half. And they still won going away. <laughs> so, what a second half. It was incredible the way it unfolded. Uh, how did it happen? What was said at halftime? Here's running back Ty Jordan, another 100-yard game, another highlight film touchdown. Here's Ty Jordan. Ty, what did the coaches tell you guys at, at half? You guys were down 27. It wasn't looking good on, on either side of the ball. What, what did the coaches tell you guys at, at the half? Uh, we practice so hard each and every week. Um, we practice on working to finish and, and working to be stronger in the second half. And basically, we just had to be ourselves. In the first quarter, uh, in the second quarter, first half, actually, um, both sides of the ball, we weren't really where we needed to be. So it was just it was just time to uh, turn up. Um, he, he told us, basically, he told us, if, if you don't want to go hard, uh, the last 30 minutes of the game, stay in the locker room. And uh, as you can see, everybody that came out was ready to work. Next question will come from Josh Furlong with KSL, followed by Cole Bagley with the Utah Daily Chronicle. 
Uh, you're the first uh, uh, player to score three touchdowns in a game since Zach Moss did it in 2018. I mean, what, what does that mean to you, especially in your, your freshman season, to be able to have a game like that cap off a season where uh, I think it was three games with 100 rushing yards each game? What, 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 is, what does that mean for you right now? Uh, it means a lot. It means a lot, actually, to be um, – mentioned with the name Zach Moss, you know, he's done so so many great things for the program. I, I know I got some big shoes to fill and I haven't really um, got there yet. So I'm just staying hungry and staying humble. And um, it, it just feels great though. It feels like um, uh, I made my mom proud. And that's, that's all I want. Next question will come from Cole Bagley followed by Josh Newman with the Salt Lake Tribune. Ty, you were a, a welcome surprise this season, especially as a freshman. How do you look to build off of this year going into the next year? Uh, get better. Um, there's a lot of things that I have to get better at. There's a lot of things in my game uh, that I need to, to straighten out, and that's what I'm going to try to do. Next question will come from Josh Newman, followed by Patrick Kinnahan with 1280 The Zone. Jordan, congrats on the win. Um, how, how satisfying is this not only today, but to win the last three games, just, you know, after everything that's gone on with the virus outbreak, losing the first two games, how satisfying does it feel to end like this? Man, it's amazing. Uh, I remember before fall camp started, it was, hey, you may not play, hey, you, you might play. Um, so it was, it was a little bit of a, a mental aspect to it, of getting us down. And then, you know, here goes, we're finna play. Um, we, we miss our first two games, so that's a down part about it too. He just had us uh, sunk in our in our in our minds. So um, just coming out and uh, getting better from the la the two games we lost and starting a, a three win streak, um, it, it really brings a lot to the table. It, it shows the fight. It shows how hard we work, and it shows that you know we're not going to end without a fight. And Ty, just to follow that up, how how difficult of a decision was it amongst the players to opt not to play a bowl game? Um, I felt like it was it was very very difficult. You know, um, I felt like it, it had something to do with just the crazy year and and not wanting to you know risk getting any injuries because of a bowl game. Um, but as far as I know, you know, guys are just you know ready for for the next season. Next question and final question for Ty will come from Patrick Kinahan. So, Ty, the last couple of weeks, you've really turned it on individually in the second half of each game. Do you have any particular reason or reasons for that? I just feel in my first half. You know, um, the, the game is not won in the first half, nor is it won in the third quarter. You know, you got to play all four quarters, all 60 minutes of the game. So I just felt like just um, the first and second quarter is just a, a little bit of process of me filling them out, see how they run, see how they uh, get off blocks, see how they hit and things like that. And then uh, this uh, second half is when you really got to uh, turn it on, especially when you're down 27-7. Um, There's Utah star running back, the freshman Ty Jordan. Here's the head coach, Kyle Whittingham. By the looks of the first half, you just thought we opted out of that half and the bowl game. But uh, we uh, came to – uh, woke up in the second half, I guess you could say, and uh, really just made play after play after play. Again, it snowballed, you know, and it wasn't an ideal start to the second half. We came out and, and had a three and out offensively and uh, got nothing going with that first drive. But players didn't flinch, didn't phase them. Uh, we got some uh, – caught fire on D, started getting stops and takeaways, and and then the offense caught fire and, and – uh, 
it just snowballed, like I said. And it was great to see. It was a great way to end the season. Uh, first half, the struggles really due to uh, turnovers and penalties. We had, uh, what, four more points than we did turnovers in the, in the first half. We had seven points and three turnovers. Uh, had a bunch of penalties. And uh, give credit to Washington State. They played exceptionally well in the first half. Uh, offense moved the ball. We didn't play a lot of things very well in the first half defensively. Gave up some big yards on the draw play. Um, <clears throat> didn't make enough plays in the throw game. But second half, you judge the game as a whole, not, not uh, you know, you don't, you don't uh, judge it half by half. So the, the net result and the end result was very positive for our team. Very proud of the way the guys came out with a lot of resolve and uh, determination in that second half and uh, just took complete control of the game. And it was uh, great, like I said, a, a great way and a very fitting way, I guess, to end a weird season, a weird, a weird type of a game to end a, a very strange season. So questions? All right, first question will come from Josh Furlong with KSL, followed by Trevor Allen with KSL Sports. Hey Kyle, last year you had made mention that Drew Lisk may leave the program. Then he comes in here today and he kind of leads you guys to a victory. What, what's that experience been like to be able to watch his progress, knowing that he's always been ready and willing to go in whenever you ask him? Drew Lisk is one of my favorite players on this entire team. He's, he's completely unselfish. He's got a great attitude. Uh, he's just the epitome of, of a great teammate. And all he wants to do is, is help the program any way he can. Uh, he came back. We were, we were very fortunate he came back. We were elated when he decided to come back because he's got two or three degrees and all kinds of stuff <laughs> that he could do. And I, I think this was his last last game here at, at Utah. I don't, even though he has the opportunity to come back, I, I just don't think that's in his plans. But uh, Drew Lisk is a, is a pleasure to have on your team. He's a, he's a, a guy that uh, helps everybody around him as, as, as much as he possibly can. He's, he's like a coach on the field. And uh, you saw the, the legend of Drew Lisk was, was born in that second half. And that'll, he'll be able to tell that story for, for years, how he came in and, and uh, rallied the troops. Next question will come from Trevor Allen, followed by Josh Newman of the Salt Lake Tribune. Uh, you guys were down 28-7 at the half. What did you tell your guys prior to coming out for the uh, second half in order to get things turned around? Well, I said we had two options: either come, you know, go tell the other team we're not going to, you know, we're done, and they can they can have the victory, or come out and play like we're capable of. That was it. And I told them I wasn't going to watch. We weren't going to watch the same uh, thing in the second half that we watched in the first half. So it was either it was either just throw out the white flag or come ready to play and and uh, try to. Become and play who, you know, what we're the, be the team we're capable of and, and play like we're capable of. And that's, that was uh, what happened in the second half. That's two strong second halves in a row. The Colorado game last week was uh, was very similar as well. So, so that's a positive. The, the big negative is uh, obviously our poor performance in the first half. But again, you judge the game as, as a whole and it's in its entirety. And when you do that, it was a good performance. Next question will come from Josh Newman, followed by John Kuhn with the AP. Kyle, what was the tipping point finally that compelled you and Andy to um, to bench Jake and go with Drew? I think it was that uh, the interception. Um, and I can't, it, you know, the game is kind of a blur right now. Yeah. But it was the it was uh, the turnover. Uh, Late in the first half, was it? I can't even remember, but it was. It was uh, at that point that uh, made the decision to uh, to go through. And just to follow that up, um, 
Has anybody expressed to you their future plans? I know that Devin was just in here, says that he has some um, some thinking to do still. Has Jake expressed one way or the other what he plans to do? No, that's next on our agenda is we have a team meeting on Tuesday night and uh, a Zoom meeting. And uh, in the meantime, everyone will travel to their destinations and finally get a chance to be back with their families and, and uh, you know, just just kind of get a, get a break. But uh, that's that's the next order of business. We have, uh, I believe it's 14 seniors and who all have the option to come back and be super seniors, I guess you'd call them. And so that's uh, going to take place and we'll, we'll, you know, try to... Uh, get things uh, hashed out and decide who's going to be with us, who's not, and then go from there. But, uh, you know, we're, we're excited about this team that's coming back. I mean, everybody, everybody's eligibility is frozen, so nobody advances a year. And so when you add this class that we just signed a few days ago to what we got, uh, we got we're pretty optimistic about the future. Next question will come from John Kuhn, followed by Patrick Kinahan with the 1280 to Kyle, you... You look at the fourth quarter and, and you guys forced four turnovers on each of Washington State's final four drives. But going back to the third quarter, you forced them to commit a, to have a series of three and outs, held them to minus six yards rushing in that quarter. I think about 10 total yards. How important were those third quarter drives and kind of setting the tone and opening things up for the fourth quarter for the defense? It was critical because we didn't have much margin for error. Had they scored once more, uh, prior to us scoring, I mean, that would have, I don't know how you overcome a 28 point deficit, but, but, uh, all those were very critical. The, punt, the, the roughing the punter was critical. That was, that, uh, gave that series life. And I believe that is the series we hit the field goal to go up 10. If I'm, if I'm remembering correctly, when we had the roughing the punter, when they had the roughing the punter against us. And so it was all critical. Every, you know, all the takeaways were critical. Every play that was made, uh, it was critical, and like I said, when you're down 28-7, you got to make a bunch of plays, and we made uh, pretty much every one we had to make. Next question will come from Patrick Kinahan, followed by Ryan Costeca with SI.com. Now that these five games are done, how much can you benefit and draw upon them in preparation for next season when hopefully we have the regular 12 games? Yeah, we hope so, uh, and that's that's the first thing is we hope that is normal. We hope we have a a regular off-season program and spring ball and all that, but that's that's down the road. But these five games here gave, in particular, our true freshmen, as well as a redshirt freshman that hadn't played much at all, a, a great foundation and, and exposure to the speed and the competitiveness of the of the Power Five at the Power Five level and what it takes to play. And couldn't be more proud of, uh, particularly proud of the whole team, but especially what our defense did this year. When you look at what they lost and, and uh, the guys that uh, came in with, you know, really just no experience, a true freshman out of high school, and and uh, we were second in the league in defense prior to this game. I don't know where we'll end up, but if you'd have told me at the end of five games or whatever the end of the season we'd be number two in defense, I would have said you're crazy because uh, that's a tall order and, and credit to Coach Scali and, and uh, the rest of the defensive staff for getting those guys coached up and, and credit the entire staff for the recruitment of, of the guys because there's, you know, talented players are, are what win games. You know, that, those are the guys that win the games and, and uh, offense is what I want to leave those guys out too because even though we're more experienced on offense, we had a bunch of freshmen that uh, really made an impact, starting with Ty Jordan. Three of our five starting alignment are freshmen. And so, like I said, a good foundation for the future. 
final three questions will come from Ryan Costeca, Steve Bartle, and Trevor Allen. Hey, Coach. Obviously, you know, going into, you know, the offseason, the fact that you won the final game of the year, what kind of momentum does that give you guys moving forward? Well, it's better than losing it. I don't know. You know I don't know how, how how long that momentum lasts. It just gives you a good feeling about the season, but it leaves a better taste in your mouth than uh, than the uh, alternative. And really, when you look at winning the final three games of the season in, in succession, that's really something that I'm proud of these guys getting to turn around. We had two tough games right out of the gate. Uh, the two champions, I guess you could say, the, the North champ was Washington, even though they couldn't play in the championship game. And then USC and Washington, we had them 21 uh, you know, 21 point lead at half, and we we couldn't couldn't uh, close them out. But but it it looked like we took a step each game in the season. We took a step forward, and even though in the first half of this one you wouldn't have thought that, but when you look at the game in its entirety, we feel like this is a step forward as well, and and that'll give us uh, good momentum uh, heading into the off season, and and uh, you know just try to build on it. That's that's the the next challenge. Just try to build on this season, and and uh, be. Uh, you be a better football team next year. Next question is from Steve Bardo, followed by Trevor Allen. Coach, I know that you've already highlighted a lot of the freshmen that have contributed to the win, but I'm I'm curious with Clark Phillips. Uh, you know, he's he's kind of had. Uh, he's played well, but he's kind of he hasn't had a, a breakout moment like like he did today in this game. What do you what do you um, you know have to say about his play and, and his future at Utah? It's outstanding. His, his future is you know his ceiling and his his upside is tremendous. You just got a glimpse of it this year in five games, and for him to come in and cover uh, you know power five receivers right out of the gate, there was no uh, you know non-conference games to kind of ease into things it was it was usc's group right right on day one game one and and not just clark but nate ritchie our other freshman db fabian marks the other freshman db uh just and the front guys you know xavier carlton and van fillinger and tennessee pututau and our linebacker sioni lund or excuse me sioni fotu who uh was were so uh instrumental and and contributors uh, this season so it's uh it's a positive all the way around for those guys and Clark has got all the tools to become a great one and I think he saw the starting of that uh, this year final question will come from Trevor Allen Coach, coming into the game, you you had some uh, different guys up, up front than what you normally had. What did you make of uh, Devin Kafusi and a t- a Tennessee Putatau? Yeah, I'm sorry, I interrupted you. What, what to make of Tennessee and Tevin and Devin? Yes, Tennessee, Tennessee, and Ted and Devin. Uh, well, first of all, we didn't have Viana Moala. He was uh, scratched from this game. It was a, so he wasn't available. I still think he's one of the best D tackles in the in the Pac-12. So that that gave uh, the opportunity for Devin, who's got nothing but better ever since he joined our program. He is just getting better and better, and uh, we feel that that his most upside where he's going to flourish is as a D tackle. He started as a D end, but we moved him inside. He's gained 10 or 15 pounds during the course of the season. And if we can get him up to, you know, 295, 300 by next year, he's going to be a really good player down in there. But uh, Devin and Tennessee, and Tennessee is just a true freshman. He's, he's a little undersized right now. He's about 280. He needs to add 15, 20 pounds to his frame, which he will. He doesn't, doesn't have the height. Devin's got that great height and uh, long levers, but Tennessee's more of a, just a play 
plays with quickness and, and pad level and, and leverage. That's his that's his strong suits. And uh, we think they're both going to be a big help. And, and Devin still has two more years left. And Tennessee, of course, has five to play four. As as we know, nobody used up any redshirt years or eligibility uh, years or anything like that. So that's a good thing. There's Utah football coach Kyle Whittingham. When we come back, Rudy Gobert and his new two hundred his new two hundred and five million dollar contract. We'll hear from Rudy and Donovan coming up. Take the zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of the zone as well as podcast editions of every show. From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo, wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. Good morning, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. It is time to hear from Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell on Rudy's new contract. We'll start out with Donovan Mitchell. So with the Rudy news this morning, got to ask you about Rudy. You guys have went through a lot this year. Um, how has your relationship with him grown from the bubble to this season? Yeah, man. First off, you know, I want to say congratulations to him, uh, his family. I've congratulated him already. Um, that's big. You know, anytime you, as a kid growing up, you you put so much time and effort in, you know, you saw it in the letter he wrote, you put so much time and effort into a craft, you know, to support your family, uh, for this to be one of the end results. You know, it's, I know it's not one of, it's not the end goal for him, but it's a pretty big accomplishment. So, you know, I'm happy for him and, and his family and as well as the team. Um, and as far as us goes, you know, like we, we're fine, man. You know, at the end of the day, you know, you saw we, we, we were able to, you know, everybody was wondering what the hell was going to happen in the bubble. And I think we kind of shut that up, you know, and I think at the end of the day, that's behind us, that's past us. You know, it's crazy to think that this is the same year uh, that this whole thing has, has happened from all these different things. But, you know, we're fine and, you know, I'm happy for him and I'm excited to get going because uh, we have unfinished business and we just got to go out there and take care of it. Great. Next question, Eric Weldon, Salt Lake Tribune. Hey, Donovan, can you just along those lines, uh, rather than speaking about the personal interaction between you, can you talk about just what this means for the on-court growth between you two? It seems like we saw kind of the relationship progress a lot in, in terms of how you guys interacted on the court in the bubble. Yeah, I think, you know, we understood that we had to, you know, lead by example as well as voice. You know, I think for us, uh, getting on the court, developing in our own different ways, you know, whether it's my offensive game and his offensive game, but in different areas, you know, you saw him, you know, being more aggressive down low in, in the paint myself, you know, being more aggressive from the three point line and being able to make plays. And we've got to continue that, you know, these contracts, you know, are, are great, but at the end of the day, without a ring or without, you know, whatever, like without, a, without a push in the playoffs, what we're trying to do is contend and, and win, you know, it really doesn't mean much, you know, at the end of the day, we believe that just shows the organization and our teammates and our coaches and believe in us. And we got to go out there and provide, um, and, you know, that's really where we're at. I think we're at a good spot on the court. We have, you know, we're kind of feeling each other out in, in different ways, not just me and him, you know, him, Mike, uh, Boyan, Joe, uh, and the list goes on. But I think, you know, we, we have a lot more room to grow. And, you know, this is just a, what we saw in the bubble, just a small step and we can, can continue to build. All right. Uh, Tony Jones, The Athletic. Hey, Donovan. Um, do you, you know, with, with this contract extension, I mean, it, it, the Jazz are basically, you know, betting on you and Rudy to to keep improving and 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 be the linchpins of 
of what they hope is is a championship run. Are you guys, you know, do you guys feel that way? And, you know, do you and Rudy kind of take that um, responsibility? Um, I think we, I think we kind of took that on from when I got here and when, and, and before that with Rudy, I think now it's just more, more public, I guess it would say. It's, it's kind of a, it's, it's a public, you see our, the contract numbers, you see the number of things now, it's just more public. I think we kind of felt that way, you know, even before, before either one of us signed our extensions and before that, and I think our teammates and our coaches looked at us. And I think what we did in the bubble was just, like I said, a small glimpse of, of what we can continue to do and continue to work together. But um, I think we, there's no pressure behind it. I think at the end of the day, it's just, we got to go out there and improve. And I, I take that bet because uh, we got two guys and it's not, I know it's Rudy, Rudy signed it. I know and I signed a, a few weeks ago, but at the end of the day, we got a whole group that wants to, to compete and work hard. And I think that's what's special because it makes, you know, myself and Rudy's job easy when you have a whole group that wants to be better, wants to compete and wants to improve. It makes, you know, the life of us are pretty, pretty easy when that's the case. And then when they, when it's our turn to go, we go. All right. We have time for one more question from Sarah Todd, Deseret News. Don, I, I don't know if you, you probably heard that when Giannis was signing his contract or a little bit before that, all of his teammates were like buying him ink pens. Uh, as like, you know, jokingly trying to like nudge him in the right direction. What were kind of the conversations among the team between you and the team when it was leading up to your extension time? And then also between now and Rudy's, were you guys talking about this? Um, to be honest with you, no. And I think that, and I don't mean that in a negative way when I say that, um, I think, you know, I, I applaud Rudy, uh, especially because mine was, we weren't really around the team as much, but I applaud Rudy for, you know, showing up every day. You, you wouldn't be able to tell if the negotiations were going great or if they're going bad, whatever they were like you, none of us really knew until it happened, you know, and I give him a credit for coming into work and, you know, straight face, ready to go and locked in, you know, he saw what he's been doing in preseason. Like, you know, I think, that's the ultimate pro, you know, that's how you, how you become a pro. I think for us, you know, Rudy approached it as like, all right, like that's how he's going to go in there and be locked in. And we kind of just kept it that way. Um, obviously, you know, we didn't buy him pens and then for myself, you know, just kind of going out there and just being locked in. I think that's just being the ultimate pro at the end of the day. And I think that's, that's really all you can ask for from your teammates is just that respect. And I think these guys in locker room respected that and, you know, respected myself and, and Rudy with our uh, negotiations. There's Donovan Mitchell now. Here's Rudy Gobert. So, Rudy, with the uh, deadline extension tomorrow, just wondering how much of a distraction it's going to – I'm just joking, bad joke, <laughs> since we talked to you yesterday. Uh, can you just take us through what your emotions were when, when you know, you were able to put pen to paper and, and just sign this incredible extension, this, uh, this deal that you did? Uh, it was a lot of emotions, you know, especially sharing this moment with my family and uh, – you know, looking looking back, uh, where we come from, all the you know all the things that we that we went through, and uh, you know, just uh, the ups and downs, the struggles, and you know, it's uh, it, it was just a, a great moment, you know, to share with my family, and uh, and also uh, a lot of great a lot of gratitude, and very proud, very proud of. Uh, you know of what we of what we've built as a team, and uh, you know once again starting from you know uh, winning 25 games uh, my rookie year, playing in the G League, and uh, you know and now be able to to become one of the of the best teams in the West, and hopefully now uh, win a win a championship. Okay, next up, Ryan Miller, KSL. Hey, Rudy, not your owner, buddy, still, but. Um, 
I got a question. You you talk about championship. What's what what gives you confidence that this team with these players can actually achieve that? I believe that we have a culture. You know, we we built a, a culture uh, many years ago when uh, started with Queen and uh, you know and all the guys that you know that got here and that really uh, you know contributed to create this identity that we created and you know now we i believe that we we are about to be in a position where we have a we're going to have a very dominant team uh obviously with all the talent that we have with donovan uh mike joe derrick jordan you know coach q i mean i, I really believe that um you know we are going to be in a position when we can be uh when we can make history and you know it's going to take a lot of hard work it's going to take you know a lot of sacrifices and uh at the same time you know it's something that we uh we will remember the until the rest of our lives and even after you know so it's uh you know i believe in this group i believe in this organization and uh and that's why you know my decision was uh was easy to make because that's where my my heart is and uh and since i got here i always thought that you know, having a chance to and uh, having a chance to to bring the championship uh, to the state of Utah, to the city, and uh, you know, and to to this organization would uh, would be something uh, pretty powerful. Okay, next question, Tony Jones, the Athletic. Considering um, how unique you are as a player, you know, somebody who's whose best traits are on the defensive end rather than the offensive end and the offensive league. How big of an accomplishment is it for you to, to come from where you've been to get to your third contract and to get a contract of this magnitude? I mean, for me, it's, it's, it's unbelievable, you know, coming from getting drafted 27th uh, from France, uh, barely played my first year, went to the G League, uh, a few times, uh, you know. I mean, all the all the struggles and all the hard work, you know, uh, that that's been that's been done, and all the people that you know uh, believed in me behind closed doors and, and helped me, you know, uh, get better every single day. Uh, I just, for me, I think it means a lot—not just for me, but for all the kids out there that you know that feel like they they're being overlooked or they feel like they. They're not where they should be, you know. I think it's a, uh, you know, it's a, uh, it's a, uh, motivating, and uh, that's the story I wanna, I wanna tell, and 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 you know, I wanna make sure that people understand that it's not, uh, you know, it's all about work. It's all about work. It's all about you know, uh, believing in yourself, believing in your team, believing in the people around you, and uh, you know, that's what it is. All right, Sarah Todd, Deseret News. Rudy, was there ever any doubt for you that this would get done before the season started? For me, I was really trying to put my mind onto the team. And, you know, in my mind, whether it was going to get done this year or once again, whether I was going to hit free agency the next year, uh, my goal was to for us as a team to have the best year that we can have. And uh, I didn't want to let anything 
be a distraction to that. You know, there's always going to be uh, contracts, money, and all that stuff. But at the end of the day, when you're a competitor and you want to win, uh, and all of us, you know, all of us as professionals, you know, we, we have to always put the team first and always put the, you know, put our mind into that, even though, you know, sometimes, of course, there's pressure and it's not, it's not always easy. You know, it was the goal was really for me to keep getting better and the goal stays the same, you know, keep getting better and, uh, and try to make sure we get a chance to, to be as good as we can be this year and, and hopefully uh, get a chance to play for a championship. All right, next up, Andrea Urban, Fox 13. Hey, Rudy. Um, obviously, the basketball grind is a lot um, from just growing up and chasing the dream and now a contract that people would die for. Um, my question to you is, what is it that over these years has drive, like drives you? Like when you go into the gym every day, what is your reason why you do what you do? And that could be family or that could just be the grind itself, but what drives you every day to get to where you are now? And there's, there's a lot of things, but for me, the, the number one thing is always to be the best really that I can be. Uh, and it's on and off the court as a person, you know, as a, as a basketball player, because I think those two go together. But for me, it's really, uh, you know, to try to, to try to accomplish and accomplish my dreams and, you know, by accomplishing my dreams, I believe that I accomplished the dream of, you know, millions of people. And my goal has always been to win, you know, to win and to, you know, to at the end of the day, when I'm the day that I'm not there anymore, I want to I want to have left uh, a legacy behind me and I want to have impacted, you know, hopefully millions of people, whether it's by the things I do on the floor or more importantly, by the things I did off the floor. And that's really where my mind is at, you know. Um, it's all about, you know, it's all about what you can bring to the world and uh, and the, the lives you can impact. All right, Andy Larson, Salt Lake Tribune. Hey, Rudy. You know, you could have been a free agent next summer and you could have, uh, you know, joined the super team and kind of gone that way. Why was it important to you to not do that, to kind of lock in with the Jazz and try to do it this way? Because I think he, he probably wouldn't have fit my story, you know, uh, for a real reason. Uh, I always felt like my, uh, I always felt like it would mean uh, a lot more to to make it, to make, to bring a championship here. First of all, because of all the struggles that we've been through in the last seven years, uh, uh, all the blood, sweat, you know, the the, the deceptions, the the losses in the first round of the playoffs, uh, you know, all this stuff, I think is, uh, it wouldn't mean the same. Obviously, winning the championship is great. And, you know, where, wherever you are, you are, but I don't think it would mean the same for me to win it somewhere else and to join another culture than being able to, even if it might be even, you know, harder, be able to bring a championship here, you know, and, uh, for me, it would be something that just holds more weight and, you know, it would make the, the story uh, even more inspiring. All right, next question, Sam Farnsworth, KSL TV. 
Rudy, hey, um, what does the, you mentioned in your letter how important the community of Utah means to you. What does Utah mean to you? How uh, has it become your home and, and your community? I mean, when, uh, when I got here, uh, you know, seven years ago, uh, coming from, from France, uh, that was my first time living in the U.S. Uh, that was my second time being in the U.S. And uh, uh, I really felt like the people uh, embraced me, you know, whether it was when I was going to the grocery store or, you know, just uh, obviously the people from the jazz. Uh, you know, just I always felt like people were embracing me and people were really happy to have me part of the community. Uh, I didn't speak great English. I still don't speak great English, but, you know, I, I felt at home. And uh, my family always felt the same. You know, uh, there's always been respect. There's always been, you know, uh, gratitude. And uh, and we, we all feel the same way. So, you know, the transition for me was really easy for these reasons. You know, I came here and, uh, and I felt at home right away. Okay, uh, we have a question from David Locke. Rudy, you talked about the people around you and the coaches and family. I think Alex Jensen has probably become both at this point. Can you comment on what Alex has meant for you and what he's done to, to bring you to this level? I mean, Alex has been, uh, he's been there from the beginning. You know, since my my first year when I got here and uh, I wasn't playing much, and uh, he was also his first year as a development coach, and uh, and we we grew together. You know, we 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 grew uh, a very special relationship. You know, we he always tell me the truth, and we have that kind of relationship that I, I believe in, the, in this league, not a lot of player coaches have. You know, and uh, and I'm I'm grateful for that. You know, I'm grateful for that. And you know, uh, I've always, you know, I'm, uh, I did my all, all, almost all the Thanksgiving. Uh, I spent them in his family with uh, his wife Natalie and uh, and now the kids that they, the two kids that they have. So for me, it's just like you know, just like family. You know, and uh, this also always helped me uh, feel at home. And uh, I'm really grateful to have you know people that, uh, that love me for who I am and uh, that I know will always, you know, uh, support me in the in good and in the bad moments. Next up, Nayo Campbell, utahjazz.com. Hey, Rudy. Um, in your letter, uh, you, of course, like mentioned your mother and what she's instilled in you. And then Coach Quinn was just talking about the influence that your mother has had and everyone knowing her in the community. Um, what was that like this morning? I don't know if you've talked to her via the phone or if she's here, but what was that like kind of having that moment with her? I mean, she's here. So, you know, okay. we, uh, we, uh, I told my mom yesterday, uh, and, uh, the rest of my family too. And, uh, you know, we had a, you know, we had a great dinner, uh, you know, as a family and, uh, you know, it was just a, a great moment, you know, remembering uh, all those memories uh, back in France when when we were kids and, uh, you know, how, you know, she always did, you know, she always sacrificed everything for, for us to, to make sure that we had everything that we needed. And, uh, you know, and uh, it was just a great moment, you know, and my mom, will, uh, uh, you know, she's 
Okay. <laughs> she's, uh, she's very proud and uh, I will never be the man that I am without, uh, without her, obviously, but without the values that uh, she, she gave me since, uh, since I was a little kid. All right, and we have one last question. This will be a follow-up from Sarah Todd Deseret News. Rudy, in addition to your mom, the other person that you like sort of named by name in your letter was Coach Quinn. And when you talk about your story and the legacy that you're working towards, how important has Quinn been up to this point and how important is he in that vision of your story for the future? I mean, I don't think I would be the the player and the man that I am today without Quinn. Uh, you know, when Quinn got here, uh, he gave me a chance. He, he gave me a chance and uh, he believed in me when, uh, you know, uh, he, did, he didn't necessarily have to believe in me. And, uh, you know, we, we really grew this relationship, you know, a uh, little different than Alex, but similar where I feel like we always tell each other the truth. And, you know, sometimes we argue, but I believe that when you want to win, and I'm 100% sure that we both want to win, uh, you need those relationships to grow. And, you know, Queen has been, uh, he's been one, of the, one, of the, one of the biggest, you know, uh, figures for me in this, uh, in this organization. And, uh, you know, I believe that uh, the day we, we're about to win this championship to Utah. Uh, I want it to be with Quinn. All right, there's Rudy Gobert with his new $205 million contract. When we come back, what is trending? All the headlines. Stay with us.